The whole reasoning for questioning is saying, because I actually want to see something come from this that helps save a child, not us just grandstand. Like The other thing is kind of like how people are worshiping Jim Caviezel over this. And I do like the fact that Jim has done a few interviews I've watched. He says, this isn't about me. I respect that. I'm glad he's not grandstanding on this to try and revive his career. Welcome to the All-American Savage Show podcast with your host, John Burke, and his far more attractive co-host, me. Now, let's get into it. That's what your mom said. What's going on, America? Welcome back to the All-American Savage Show podcast. I am your host, John Burke. Glad to have you here with us. Great way to start the show. It's just me in the studio today. Josh is out right now. So welcome back to the American Savage Show. Got a special guest today. You know him, Dominic Izzo. You see him on uh, the Rants of Izzo. He's got his own great show over there discussing a lot of things. Um, and as you know, like we're, we're always happy to have people in the show that are going to have difference of opinion. And Dominic made some posts the other day and talking about the Sound of Freedom movie that uh, that's starring Jim Caviezel is talking about human trafficking and things such as that. Dominic, first and foremost, welcome back to the show, bro. Great to have you here. Hey, it's good to see you. How's your day? I can't complain. Nobody's going to listen. Or maybe they do. That's what the podcast is for. I don't know. It's <laughs> But uh, so anyway, you know, you, you have a very interesting take on this because I feel like the discussions that we've seen circulate around a lot of these trending movements, these movements being dating back to the ALS ice bucket challenge, uh, the things that social media has really magnified. And in many cases, 
have kind of given us the illusion that taking these actions on social media translates to actions in real life. And it feels like now there is this this divide of people that are getting kind of um, fed up with this idea of putting out awareness is not the same as actionable things that actually affect real life uh, outcomes, if you will. And this is going to be a very interesting conversation to have. And I'm not afraid to have this because the things that you've pointed out were thought provoking. So with that being said, um, I'll let you take it from here. And the discussion of the sound of freedom, the Jim Caviezel movie about human trafficking, where, where, where let's let you just open the conversation. Where are you going with this? Well, first of all, I didn't see it yet. So we got to go there. I didn't see the movie yet. And I don't know if I want to see it, right? Mm -hmm. Movies for me are supposed to be entertaining. If I do sit down to a movie, it's supposed to be two hours of transported to a different uh, uh, time and place. And it's supposed to be for entertaining, right? I don't, I don't need to repeat what I repeated in what 92 or 93 when I saw Schindler's List and I walked out of the movie theater dead silent because oh, I had no idea that's what the world was really like back in uh, Auschwitz, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I'm, I don't need to see Sound of Freedom to know that the human trafficking is going on, right? Where this kind of pissed me off was is uh, Ashley, my co-host, sent me a video of, and I'm, I'm just calling him out because it was his video, mm -hmm. David uh, Harris Jr. was crying on his social media about Sound of Freedom. And the first place I did went, go, and that's probably because I'm cynical because I don't believe anybody's shit or intentions anymore is. Mm -hmm. It's like, really? Now because of a movie, you're going to be talking about child sex trafficking? And I don't know if that's because of my background. Now, I was a cop, but I never dealt with child uh, sex trafficking as far as kidnapped kids being sold off into slavery, all this kind of stuff. But I do know that uh, uh, organizations like DCFS, Department of Child Family Services, are literally paid per child that's in the system. And I know that those kids are in the system and they're getting sexually abused by other kids. They're getting sexually abused by foster parents. Um, so when I started there, I went, man, you know, nobody gives a shit unless it happens so far overseas that you gotta go, hey, John, I know that you support this uh, child sex trafficking thing. Tuesday is the first meeting of the month. We have uh, our village hall meeting, 7 p.m., all right? And public comments are open for four minutes at 7.05. You got to be there and talk about it. We're all going to come together what happens in any town USA and what we could do in our area. Can we count on you being there? Oh, man, I got to work. Uh, I got my family. I got this and that. But it's important to you. I saw you shared it online. Well, no. See, unless it's overseas in a bigger issue, where you could change your social media picture to the flag of that country. Nobody gives a shit about what happens here. So that's my first place I went to. And it just, it just pissed the whole, they'll piss me off because everyone's now doing the, uh, the, 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 the God's kids aren't for sale hashtag, yeah. which is the same shit we had with the QAnon, uh, which I fell in hook, line and sinker. Uh, God, nothing can stop what's coming, save the children and all that shit. So it's bandwagon jumping and fuck every idiot who did it. What do you think in regards to these movements? Let's go back to QAnon. You know, QAnon, it got a lot of people. A lot of people fell for that one. Why do you think people buy into this so willingly? Well, what, what is the, what's the reasoning behind this? That we can basically be lulled into being pacified through the actions of using a movie or a hashtag that we just post on social media. We change a profile picture. We're out there doing our best to virtue signal online. What's the allure of this? So I, I pinpointed exactly what that is for me. I'm fast approaching on 50, right? So that means I grew up and I did shit. 
I was part of a wrestling team. I was part of a martial arts team. I was part of a law enforcement team. There was stuff that we did, right? Over the last 10 years of my life, it's been all on my phone. And there's no emotion that is stirred inside of me to kick off passion, right? It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you go to the gym as much as you want, but you post that shit online. I'm not getting the dopamine feed that I need that, hey, when I went to practice or we went to a call, went to this, there, there is none of that for me. For me, I had to go, why did you, why did the QAnon shit, what did it do for you? And I specifically remember for me, it was kicked off with that Janet Osbard video, uh, Fall of Cabal, which was a three-hour 10-part series, and I remember seeing it, and all I kept thinking was, yes, after, after you know, the first uh, 30 minutes of this part and this part, yes, yeah, I was emotionally charged, and I got sucked into it because during that time, what do I do all day? Work from home, sit on my computer, I'm on my ass. There's no literal action through me personally that sparked off an emotion to feel part of something. So this was the easiest, like that path of least resistance where electricity and water goes. It's like my body's sedentary, not doing anything. So the easiest way to charge emotions is by triggering your brain and screwing it up. For me personally, that's what it was, is it was an emotional manipulation on a concept I can get behind with child sex trafficking, uh, satanic rituals, all this shit. Okay, I can get behind that. And they just made a massive production about it that got my focus into it and just sucked me in. Mm-hmm. Well, the movie, and I haven't seen the movie either. I know it is based on human trafficking. Jim Caviezel, the man who also played Passion of the Christ, he's very adamant about this. Um, you know, this is based on the life of an actual somebody that's actually going out there and doing something about the sex trafficking. So people are going to naturally start saying that this movie is bringing about awareness. Now, the question that I have, though, is... With the awareness, we can, you know, I, I get the awareness play. You know, the biggest thing I saw back in, and this is a very interesting conversation to have. People are instantly going to shut their minds off because they're going to have an emotional response because they don't like having something that they are so passionate about questioned. And it's not that we shouldn't be passionate about these things. It's not that we shouldn't care about these things. These are not the issues that we're trying to bring to the forefront. But more so, it's the asking of difficult questions and saying, how does this translate into actually the saving of children? Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is it's, this is near and dear to me because because I saw back in 2015, 2016 with veteran suicide, everybody was doing all the road marches. We were talking about posting, hashtag veteran lives matter, hashtag all this stuff. And in reality, the bringing of awareness, I, I argued this point many times. And the example I gave was when you walk into a restaurant and you see another couple sitting across from you and you stand up and you go over and say, hey, did you know that roughly 22 veterans are killing themselves? Uh, day, day, month, excuse me, month. Did, did you know that? And they'd be like, oh, no, I didn't. That's horrible to hear. And then you say, well, now you're aware. Now, my question is, where does that awareness go? And this is a hard reality that a lot of people don't want to hear because in this age of social media where we do our best to just be so altruistic, show just how good human beings are because we have the social credit score online that apparently we're trying to keep up and elevated because we don't want people to think that we're bad people. Um, the action doesn't happen. Because the awareness dies usually immediately after we learn about something because it doesn't directly impact us. And I think as human beings, we don't simply care about things that don't directly impact us. And it's not, it doesn't make you a bad person. It just means that, do you care about childhood cancer? Do you care about Crohn's? No, people just generally don't. When you ask them, they say, oh, that's horrible. Yes, I care. Well, then it boils down to the conversation of, well, there's different levels of care. There's two types. There's actionable care and inactionable care. Inactionable care means I care about it, but not enough to actually physically do something. 
So therefore, it doesn't mean anything. And that's, that's where I come from on this stuff. And it's not asking these questions to try and discredit, devalue, or undermine what the movie is about, but simply to try and bring, like I think you're doing, to bring light to the fact of like, look, don't say you care if you don't physically do something. And I mean, as far as like, you can even donate to causes. That's doing something. But to use a hashtag, I'm sorry. And I'm just going to say something that's going to piss a lot of people off. Your hashtags don't mean fuck all. <laughs> there isn't a single sex trafficker out there that's going to see that's going to see a hashtag, God's children are not for sale, and then suddenly stop doing what he's doing. That's where I feel that we as a society, with the help of social media, have been lulled into being pacified through inaction by pretending that it is action by using a hashtag. That's that's where my thing is. Where do you stand on this? I stand on the fact that I become such a cynic on shit that I think everything's <laughs> purposeful, right? Yeah. It's like because when you when you put something out like that out there, people are gonna start going, "Well, John, now what's your plan, right? Yeah. So what are you gonna do about it?" And my when people start asking me that, it's like I want to comment. I'm like, you can't. They will never understand that nothing is binary, meaning except for your gender. <laughs> <laughs> Fuckers. I knew uh, you were going there with that. A couple of different things. I had said just last week, because my brain was going all over the place. Last week, we had the CDC announce that males can chest feed. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, you're basically telling grown men that they could they could fuck kids right there. It's pedophilia. And then all of a sudden, boom, this movie is released, and no one's talking about that anymore. And then, well, why would they distract people like that? And the, the first thing that came to my mind when people were like, why would they distract us with something with this good? It's, I went, when I was in my 20s, I was a scumbag cheater. I had a girl I was dating. I fucked everything that moved that wasn't her. Mm -hmm. You know how I did that? I gave her little crumbs of what she wanted. A little mm -hmm. bit of attention, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And she was distracted and she wasn't worried about me. So she went somewhere else. People don't understand that there are scumbag people out there. Mm -hmm. Then they wind up thinking about the intent. Well, this, this would never be allowed. Are you kidding me? Does anybody not know about the war on drugs? Yeah. As many coke arrests as I had, heroin, weed arrests, all that. Shell shock CBD, by the way, is phenomenal. <laughs> um, you know, it never made a damn bit of difference. Never made any difference because you're throwing people a bone just mm -hmm. to appease them to think that something is getting done. Yeah. And this, you can see this all the time. So hashtags don't mean anything. I guess the biggest thing that I, I think that people are doing is, go if you go back to this lack of of uh, human interaction and now it's social. Yeah. I think you got people who are defending like, uh, uh, uh Tim Ballard because mm. they secretly hope someday that he's going to see their comment, like their stuff and maybe follow him. That's, that's who the movie's about, right? Tim Ballard. Yeah. Tim Ballard. So I the, no, don't know who he is. Same. Never same. Him, never and I'm, I'm not trash talking the guy. Clearly he goes out and he does a lot of good. That that's amazing. But then there are cynics like myself that when you, I read an article where in 2020, I think they'd raised over $40 million in donations for his underground uh, railroad, I believe it's called. Forgive me if I misquote that. I should have done more research on this and I apologize for that. I, I, I owe that to you as a host to have actual facts or have actual titles correct. But I'm just going for a general nuance of the point that I'm trying to make here. And instantly when I hear about an, an organization that is doing such a great cause, um, you know, that's one of those things that every organization, the intent behind it is to do good. Veteran suicide being one of them. We saw so many different things out there, so many nonprofits. But of those nonprofits, number one, the first question I had was, what are you doing with the money? 
What are you actually doing with the money? I'm very curious on that. And I feel like anybody that donates has a damn well right to know I want to know where this money is going because we've seen more times than not with the likes of, um, excuse me, I'm still getting over my third dose of COVID. It's a nice little head cold. Um, what I've seen with the likes of uh, wounded warrior, we saw cents on the dollar actually going to help veterans and the help was nothing more than buying purple heart veterans, a blanket and some other bullshit. Now I, I hope they since have turned a corner because apparently there was a big fiasco a long time ago. I saw all about that. So, when I hear about an organization pulling in $40 million in a year, my flag instantly goes up. I want to know where that money is going then. If you're asking me to donate to a cause that you're already getting $40 million, and that's just in 2020, we move forward, now we're in 2023, and you know, know the cash donation is going to be rolling in, I feel like it is really fair. And I'm not saying they're not doing this. I'm just trying to educate the listener that if you are going to donate to a cause or an organization and they don't have a public 990 showing the itemized expenses of where this money is going, then you probably shouldn't be donating. I'm not saying that I don't know. I'm just trying to educate the audience on don't fall for the gimmicks and the scams that you should be skeptical. And there is nothing wrong with being skeptical. It does not make you a bad person. It just means that you are holding people accountable to actually utilize that money for what they're claiming it's going towards. Well, they did a great job, and it is about money, and that's where my second or third or 20th thought went to is. Go ahead. They're going to they're gonna be bringing money into this. And what better way than using cinema, you know, mm -hmm. 24 frames per second video movie with a theme and cinematic score that's done and editing right way. And we all know that movies take liberties on how to tell a story, and it's a perfect emotional trigger response. This pissed me off yesterday, too, where the number now is going around that one million children are gone missing in the United States every year. And this is where I want to educate people because, yeah, you're right. Leaking by this, how many years has um, Susan G. Komen been taking money and cancer still affecting us all? Mm, it's like, yeah, yeah okay, oh, let's keep going that money. One million kids are missing a year. It was kind of funny that last year that number was 800,000. And I've always said this. Let me break down the missing children thing in Illinois and United States. One missing kid is bad. It's horrible. It's mm. catastrophic and it's just it's devastating. Normally what happens is, and this is your taxpayers need to know how these numbers are reported. Cops get called to uh, missing juvenile, right? Kidnap kid, all this kind of stuff. It is usually always a parent who doesn't know where their kid is, literally, and the frantic call is made. It goes through the computer system, dispatched out to a police officer, missing juvenile. By the time we get there, nine out of ten times, the kid is hiding under the bed, in the closet, in a cabinet, or uh, is in the backyard. Parents can't find him because little shit kids love to play hide-and-seek, and they love to giggle when mom's calling their name. Yeah. Or preteen, preteen girl, 11 or 12, and she's pissed off and mom won't let her wear makeup, so she goes running down the street to her friend's house and hides there for a while. Or a lot of times I saw this, is going to piss off your female audience, it's the ex-wives or the girlfriends who it's 801 and the court order for supervision says that dad had to have the kids back by 8 o'clock. They're pissed. They want to get him in trouble for more money. They call 911 missing juvenile. Happens all the time. Problem is, those 9 out of 10 times when we found it's unfounded, here's the kid, it's missing, or it's not missing, it's all this, it's still in the computer as missing juvenile. Mm -hmm. We've coded it out. We've changed the, the closure to unfounded. But when the village needs money now from the state, and the state says, hey, you know, here we go of your budgets, what number do you think they're going to show? Yeah. They're going to show, hey, here's our close rate. 
well, then you don't need any more money because your resources are fine. Right. Or they can say, hey, here's our missing stats rate. So it's it's all a numbers game. And don't for one second think that your police departments and villages are not going to just screw the beans up just to get more money. It's I just wish that people would think more and they would go, all right, here you, you really have a shitty problem, right? At the border, my opinion is that the border is open because they are pumping kids across to be fucking trapped. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But are you willing to pack up everything you do and go stand a post down to the border? And then how are you going to identify those kids in the first place? So it, it, I'm not sticking my head in the sand in this. I got problems in my backyard in my northwest suburb of Chicago, right? I'm not going to spend time worrying about what happens in another country that I have zero control over that's going to make me sick to my fucking stomach thinking about some kid being raped over there. And if this movie is, is what it takes... Well, how come every other movie like Taken didn't say anything or didn't do for people, right? Oh, is that because it was a make-believe pretend story about a middle-aged man who just went ape shit on people? It's like this shit has always been out there. So why all of a sudden is it now that we're like, oh, I'm helping? Well, let me let me let me let me change my flag and hashtag. I, it just pisses me off. I'm obviously pissed. <laughs> I, I saw that, uh, Jim. You know, we talk about the open border, and I 100% agree with you on that one because you know. Yeah, I, Josh, my co-host, has made some very good points in that regard. He talks about how it's open for a reason. The politicians are in on this. Let's not even kid ourselves on this one. This is one of those deals that we have such enormous levels of corruption that people don't want to see that. And I think it's a brilliant move how the government has essentially put it, pitted us against one another. I was in this Twitter debate yesterday with this idiot, that's just another MAGA influencer, who talked about, like, try to come after me. He's like, yeah, how many doors have you knocked on? How many people have you tried? I was like, none, because I don't sim for politicians and I'm never going to donate to a political organization. I refuse to. I was like, I am not going to go out there and campaign for anybody because I don't wear somebody's jersey. I refuse to. I will say, if you ask me my opinion on a political candidate, I'm going to choose the one that best aligns with the Constitution. Now, my purity test is never going to be passed. We have not had a constitutionally sound president in a very long time. But the reason I bring all that up is because as long as they have us versus them, then politicians get to get, get away with whatever they want to do. The border is open because they do want the drugs pouring in. They do want the sex trafficking. This is a very lucrative money-making operation. And don't sit there and think for a second that these politicians aren't some way connected to it. Because if they weren't, we'd have a very closed border. This is a problem would be solved. But again, just like every politician out there, they have to, number one, either fabricate the problem or identify an already existing problem, exacerbate and magnify it to make it appear as if this is going to destroy your life unless they are themselves elected. And the cycle continues. Every election cycle, there's always a problem. There's always an issue. And I'm not saying there isn't, but isn't it interesting how nothing ever gets done to say, for example, fix these said problems such as the southern border. It is in the Constitution that the federal government is responsible for the sovereignty and safety of the nation, and yet that border is wide open. So with that being said, it does feel oftentimes like we do see these issues being brought to light through cinematic effects and things such as that, but then people are pacified into this idea of, well, you know, as long as I throw a hashtag, as long as I throw $10 and I don't ask any questions, then I've done my part. I can feel good about myself. I can go to bed knowing that I made this world a safer place when in reality, you didn't do fuck because it's not just so simplistic as donating some money. It is in everyone's. It is in everyone's best interest and it is your personal responsibility to say, I want to know where that money goes. I want to know where my 10 bucks is going. I love how people think it's on a uh, a national level and they don't, they, it, it, 
maybe this is what really sticks it to me, right? Is my last police department that I was in, we were unbelievably corrupt. Mm-hmm. Our chief was the most corrupt man I've ever met. He was never a real cop. And he got promoted to the head of the major crimes task force in our county. And it was all because we found this trail of him allegedly going back to his first uh, uh, year in law enforcement in like the late 80s, buying cocaine for other cops. Yeah. So it's 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 like, wait a second. You're going to tell me that you're, you're going to do something about what's happening overseas. But if you knew the shit that went on in your backyard, yep. your, your, your mayor's. Your village trustees, your city hall members, they're all John Q. citizens, and they have normal jobs, and they're voted in this position, and that position is power. Yeah, That power can be bought so damn easy. I'll I'll tell you from having a a badge in my back pocket, the feeling of invincibility, speed where I want to, get in any club, when I used to go out, get in any club without paying cover. It was the the end of all, end all of all fights. Somebody wants to look at you and go, I'm a cop. You're done. The done fun fight's over. Right? Yeah. It, the power was amazing. I can't imagine what it's like to be a mayor, a village trustee, somebody who can sit there and make shit happen that somebody behind the scenes can come up and say, hey, look the other way on this. And then you, the second they buy you, you're owned. So that's my other biggest problem is it's so easy to go, Tim Ballard is the man. He's doing such great things. You don't know what your fucking boys and girls in blue and the firefighters and the teachers and the nurses are putting up with on a daily basis that they're not allowed to do or say shit because of policy yeah. and all the shit that's going through the cracks. So let's glorify Tim Ballard, which is great. I will bet you anything he's done a hundred times more than I have, mm-hmm. but I'm not looking to be glorified. I'm looking for the reality of what's going on. And people refuse to recognize that shit on a local level. It feels like everybody's just wanting a hero in this day and age. Like we have so much negativity. We have so many um, bad things happening in this world. We're needing somebody to idolize in a sense and give us hope. And I feel like when we do that with individuals, we remove from them the humanity and the ability to make mistakes, to err, which is again, human. And people glamorize and deify these types. And if you say anything contrary to that, being their identity is so wrapped up around that person because in their mind, they're a representation of good, the good that is fighting the evil. They feel like if you even question said things like you and I are doing now, not with the intent to try and character assassinate, but with the intent overall to be objective and to ask for or demand good to be a byproduct of the donations, of the awareness. What we're asking for is actual causes, not this, again, the idea of projecting the good, projecting the idea of what it should be versus saying, I want concrete proof. Because I think when Americans as a whole start embracing this mentality, this idea of if I don't see where that money is going in an itemized list, then I'm not donating. It's going to force these people. And I am not accusing Tim Bell. I'm not, that's not what this is. I'm just making associated um, references from the things that I've seen in the past. I don't know anything about this organization. I hope they are doing great things with that money. $40 million in 2020, that's a lot of fucking money. That's a lot of cheese. But I do know that he does a lot of work in South America, which I'm not against. If, they, if that's what your nonprofit's about and you're wanting to save the kids across the world, by all means, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, finger point and browbeat. Well, you should be worried about America. If that's where you feel God is calling you, man, then by all means, you're doing good, whether it be here in America. I get that. And I understand your point, too. It's that people do feel like um, we have to care about things overseas. And I'm not even going to sit here and pretend like I do. I will be completely honest with you. I don't. 
And it's not that I think it's good. My not caring does not signal that I think automatically that what is going on is a good thing. It's just saying, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and pretend and project to be some kind of altruistically great person that I care about every issue under the sun and yada, yada. Because again, it goes back into showing our humanity. It goes back into showing that we are, we are animals in a sense, and it's okay. We have to accept our humanity. But I did see one thing that does send up another red flag that Jim Caviezel has said that the CIA has operated the largest human sex trafficking ring ever. And my quite, and he's also spoken on like Andrew Cremenia or Andrew, I forget, you know, the QA on stuff yeah. about where they, they scare children and stick that needle in them to get this, this synthetic or this, uh, adrenaline, whatever. And so when I start seeing those buzzwords being that have been, um, repeated through the QAnon communities, now I'm very skeptical. I'm incredibly skeptical. Do I think the C, I don't know, I, but here's, here's where I stand. It's like, I need to see the proof. You're making an accusation. I need to see the proof of this. I'm not saying it's true. I'm not saying it's false, but I'm on the fence on this. And it's like, if you're going to make this accusation, can you show me something here? So I can, I want to believe you. I mean, I think the guy, I know the government's corrupt. We've seen the corruption. We see it in Ukraine. But when somebody makes this blind stare, this generalized statement, and there's people like me saying, uh, you're going to have to prove that, man. I mean, I think, I don't think we should have a CIA. I don't think we should have an FBI, but it's kind of like, can you prove this for me? No, not if you watch the, uh, the, the, what was it, the hearing yesterday with the FBI. Uh, oh, I'm going to yeah. give a fantastical route on that one that'll, that what satisfied me. I believe that adrenochrome crap, right? Here's why I believe it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go the Christian route. Yeah. Not a wonderful, sinning fucking Christian. But <laughs> I do know and I have faith in that Christ died. He spilled blood once and it was done. That's what I believe in. That's what my faith is based in. End of story, period. I'm a, I'm a former Catholic. I was raised Roman, Italian, Catholic, all that crap. And if you look at the Catholic Church perpetuates the sacrifice every Sunday, and that's a whole different story in itself. I, I said I put a meme up the other day that said, you know, uh, it's like here's the Catholic Church is the number one uh, pedophilia organization in the world, but apparently there hasn't been a movie done exposing their uh, their deeds enough to spread awareness because people are still going to mass and tithing. Mm. When I started putting like looking at stuff over the years, I'm a big movie guy, always have been. Death becomes her. Uh, mm. uh, uh, shit. Um, the Dark Crystal was one of the biggest ones I ever looked at. If anybody remembers Jim Henson's The Dark Crystal, what'd you have? You had the Gelflings, which were drained of their essence to kept the Skeksis young forever. When they get ran out of the Gelfling, what they have to go to? Podlings. And Podlings, when you drain them there of their essence, it was only a temporary fix. This is going to sound kind of stupid. It's where my mind went. I went, holy shit. If that's not a metaphor for Christ did it once and it's done, well, the devil can't repeat that system, so he's got to do it more than once, spill blood all over the fucking place, so he's going to use humans and do it. It's the shit like that that made me go, all right, fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. Johnny Depp had the adrenal chrome with, Gosmo, or with Gonzo in the, in the hotel room. So the shit is out there. Great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I believe that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, to prove it? Well, no, that's where the disbelief comes around. Oh, John, you believe in adrenal chrome? You're, you're, you're stupid. You're psycho. They got to make you feel crazy. That's the gaslighting, right? Right. Um, CIA, FBI, I'm so, so disheartened on, on what I've seen with the FBI over the last several years, because coming from a, a stupid street cop level, it's like, we looked up to the federal government. I have friends at DEA, friends in ICE, FBI. It's like, wow. And now it's like, oh God, on, on the very premise of if they can lie to you, why wouldn't they? I think that's, that's the, that's the pebble that's just going to turn into the giant avalanche right there. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you can't prove that kind of stuff, but
But then on the flip side of the coin, based on things I know, we did do satanic um, uh, investigations, you know, people who dress up, dress up in goth and would do yeah. shit. So if that's all there on the smallest scale, then for me personally, it's like, all right, then that means it could be there on a hundred times larger scale, yeah. but you can't, you can't prove it. Can't connect the dots. The, you know, it's just that the thing that concerns me about this is like, we know the CAA, for example, and again, let me first clarify, I, these three letter agencies should not exist. I do not, I think they should be abolished at completely entirely because as we've seen as of late, uh, in regards to the FBI being, you know, massively politically used against, you know, uh, political opposition. Folks, this has been going on since the dawn of time. Hoover created the FBI and immediately went after Martin Luther King Jr. As soon as they created this, they proved to the entire world why corruptibility should be the main causing factor as to determining whether or not something should exist. Now, again, there is no utopian government where corruptibility or corruption does not exist. And, you know, like Milton Freeman said, find me this utopia. It does not exist. But we have to be become willing to settle and sacrifice for a certain level of corruption. But there are mitigating circumstances we can put into place, such as, again, abolishing these three-letter agencies and never letting them come into creation in the first place. But we also have to be pragmatic about this. So from a pragmatic standpoint, we know the CIA helped begin this war in Ukraine from back in 2013, 2014, when they got involved in the facilitation of the overthrow and then installing a pro-Western government that basically gave Putin a big fuck you. So we've seen the corruption from the CIA. We've seen them getting involved. The issue, and this is I've said all that to tell you this, the issue that concerns me is when we are blindly going to assign blame to an organization simply because we do not like them, which in fact is not the right way to do this because what if there's somebody else that blame belongs to that we are not identifying and making aware to the public and saying, look, this is the reasoning behind this. So when Jim Caviezel says the CIA carried this operation out, I'm like, did they? I'm not saying they did. I'm not saying they didn't, but I'm saying I don't want to blame it all on them. I think there is cartel involvement. I think there's a lot of involvement. I think there's private enterprise involved in this. Epstein's a big one. Uh, so it's kind of, and if you think Epstein, Epstein's the only one that got caught. There's like a million Epsteins out there. People don't realize this. Epstein becomes the focal point and saying, oh, we took down. No, there's a reason we don't have that black book of names because it's protecting a lot of people that are basically being blackmailed into using their influence to perpetuate certain movements. And I, I, my thing is, who's the one pulling the strings? Who's the one pulling the strings here? That's the, the you just, your, your whole point brought up into another uh, emotional trigger, right? It's like the dots being connected. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's the one thing that I can't stand is, you know, Cathizel says the CIA did this, or you get all the people out there who immediately, when you, when you criticize Sound of Freedom, they say, well, clearly you're a child sex trafficking. Uh, and yeah. You know, and they make that akin because now here's the deal. Like, I agree with you because you saw the press, you saw the likes of CNN trying to say the sound of freedom was, you know, the, the equivalent to a father with brain worms. And I'm like, what? There's there's a difference in the criticisms that we're putting saying, like, look, don't sit there and say hashtagging is action because it's not. Then they're what they're saying is, oh, you shouldn't pay attention to this. It's not that big of a deal. They're trying to downplay it. Now, there's a reason behind that. And it's kind of like, what? The only reason to downplay that is because you're hiding something. I That's the only reason. reason. I, th I think the reason for downplaying it is this. Here, here's the other thing. And this mm -hmm. is my conspiracy theory shit. I think the left is going to downplay this because it'll outrage the right to see it more. Now, all of a sudden, John Burke goes see this movie. He's, he's, so, he's so just inspired by it. He hashtags over and over and over again, God's kids aren't for sale. And the powers that be behind the social media go, oh, there's another account we need to ban for the upcoming election. Because how many QAnon people slip through the cracks 
during mm. that whole purge when everyone's social media got wiped out. This is the election cycle. Got to start beating the grass so the snakes come out. It's a great way to find them. Mm -hmm. I have a problem, too, with this emotional co content of assigning guilt just because. Because yeah. you know, Ezel says, CIA did it. Or you get the people who say, this movie exposes so much. And I kept asking people, um, as my light goes, there you go. As my light goes out, I kept asking people, all right, um, who did it expose? Were any names named? What was called action? Well, you know that so-and-so was at this place. No, I don't. Yeah. See, here's the problem. If I got called to 123 Main Street and they said, John Burke took a shit in my backyard, I'd go, man, he eats a lot of protein. You know, he does all this crap, all this stuff. And uh, I know it's John Burke because, man, he's got a real good, healthy bowel movement system. But I can't prove it unless you got it on video or unless you got John sitting there say, recording he's doing it. So... The cop in me still says you have to have proof. Yeah. Nobody's got proof for shit, and that's what's pissing me off, that people operate on their emotions, and you just need to believe it because they do. I agree, and I feel like people can definitely be hoodwinked by that premise as far as, like, manipulating the emotions. And, you know, when you talk about something like human trafficking, yeah, sex trafficking for children, what person in the right mind would not have an emotional response to saying this is disgusting because if you have kids, you know, it's they're innocent, you know, hence the hashtag God's children, absolutely. But that's the that's the path they're going to take. They are going to do something like this in a, in a, in a means of, of manipulating you into blindly following a cause. You know, look look no further back than 2015. Trump was excellent at this. Politicians in general are excellent at this. Again, create a problem or grab a problem, put it mainstream, put it in the spotlight and say, I am the solution to said problem. And unless you vote for me, this problem ain't getting fixed and you're all going to die on the planet. It's going to be destroyed tomorrow. So... My thing is, like, I think the same. we're saying the same thing is don't let your emotions um, prevent you from asking the hard questions. And for me, it just boils down to where's this money going? I want to know. And then where's the proof on this? Because otherwise, folks, you know, just because somebody has a position of, of uh, influence, whether it be Jim Caviezel or Donald Trump or anybody out there, Don DeSantis, it doesn't matter who it is. Just because they're in a position of influence and they make a generalized statement, an accusation without proof, does not mean I have to believe it. And the fact that I don't believe it does not inherently mean that I agree with them or disagree with them. I'm simply saying you've got to show me the proof because if we don't, then we're operating blindly off of emotions and we've seen where that takes us. And it's a very dangerous, slippery road that you don't come back from. Think for yourselves, fuckers. Yeah. How hard is that? Yeah, That's, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what they're going to do. I can't stand this stuff. Um, I'm not really going to be jumping down that the uh, oh, well, here's a bunch of pictures of Jim and Mel Gibson with covering their eyes and they're part of the Illuminati. Dude, yeah. people could change if they want to. I don't give a shit what they do. Um, and I and I don't like the fact I wish I could just go along with the herd. I really do. I don't like the fact that my scumbag mind thinks that. Oh, well, this Carlos Sims, he he funded it and he funded the Clintons. And I'm going, OK, well, the Clintons are allegedly involved in sex trafficking in Haiti and all this shit. And really, how hard does it take? And man, this is going to suck. Understand something. I'm only saying this because I'll admit that I'm a fucking scumbag for how my mind thinks. You know, what, what really what would it really take to take a person like Tim Ballard who sees the most heinous things in the world? And then when you see that kind of shit, for those who haven't seen it, what's your escape? Drugs, alcohol, sex. How hard would it be for somebody of influence to corrupt that person and then get leverage on them and then do your bidding? Mm. So I don't, and I'm, I'm not saying any of that, but I'm saying I know human nature. I know how evil people are. Yeah. So the biggest problem I have 
is when somebody drops a brick of gold in your lap and says, you know, it's just yours. You have to start looking for the catch. And my yes, thing was, yes, yes. Everything comes with the catch. What's the timing? I think it's the deflect off of the trans movement and this, these, which for the most part is these biological males who are depraved, sexually immoral, uh, takes one to no one, just to let you know. Um, and, and you're, you're allowing them to do things that are so fucking evil, but that's your base right now. So how do we take the eyes off of it? Oh, look, there's kids over in uh, third world country getting uh, sold and raped. Let's make you look over here. So that's, that's what I think they're doing is, and you could do the two things at once, but I just you get your emotions in check. That's all I, I think people should do. There is a massive push right now. It's all over social media. It talks about how Indiana Jones, uh, Disney's newest release in the uh, fourth, I think, installment of the Indiana Jones, the final uh, chapter of the Indiana Jones series, um, didn't even come close to the opening weekend of what the Sound of Freedom created. Now, the reason I bring this up is that we talk about follow the money. My question is, the proceeds of this movie, is this being donated? Is this going towards uh, Tim Ballard's thing? Is Tim Ballard pocketing some of this? Because in reality, if that's the case, then what does it matter? You're well, literally, it's, it's, go ahead. Is it, are those numbers accurate? Because last time I checked, people were saying, I had to drive an hour and a half, two hours to go see the movie, which means it wasn't released in every theater out there. So let me pull the stats on that real quick. Go ahead. Keep going. How are they? How are, or are they saying, oh, it made 300 million or whatever it did in its first weekend? Are they is that really true? And how the hell can we ever prove that? So that's the other thing, too, is when they say stuff like that, but then they 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 counter it by saying, yeah, people, I had to drive two hours because it wasn't available in my theater or there were mm. problems in the theater or my tickets got refunded. How could it be so lucrative if you're having all these problems distributing the movie in the first place? So, again, I hate being the cynic, but, you know, life really, uh, it really showed me how fucking evil people are and they're liars. And got the article right here. It's from IndieWire. It says, uh, child trafficking drama Sound of Freedom opens to more than $11.5 million. The film's truly fourth gross was just below that of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Um, this article was published, let's see, uh, uh, July 5th. So clearly some days ago, because right now it is the 13th. Um, this is with a rare Tuesday opening sound of freedom angel studios, a drama starring Jim Caviezel is a real life rescuer of children, um, which played in almost 2000 more theaters or excuse me, um, say a grossed 11.5 million, just under the day's total for Indiana Jones, the dial of destiny, which played in almost 2000 more theaters with just under 11.7. Now clearly those numbers have been, uh, changed over the last, I say week, two weeks. And, um, my question automatically then is when they're using this this uh, talking point of like, look how much more money it's made. And people are like, you see, yeah, we've got more popularity. We've got this. We More people are spending money. Therefore, more people care. But then you have assholes like you and myself that come out and say, okay, but what does that translate into? More people care. Yeah, you should care more about real life sex trafficking than uh, a fictional character such as Indiana Jones. You should care. But at the same token... Is this saving any children? And the most generic um, response I get from that is like, yeah, people could potentially see this and take actions. Like, can you prove that? Can, can you can you prove this? It's one thing to give me a generality and say, you know, this is the good it could do. Somebody say that, great. But what about that child that's actually being sex trafficked? I'm sure we owe him or her a better explanation of, well, we brought awareness to your cause, whether or not it actually actioned anything. Well, that's, that's up to them. Uh, my, my, I said this the other day uh, on our show. My life is a reflection of a, an HBO 
uh, series that came out in the 80s called, uh, or 80s or 90s called Dream On. <laughs> and it was one of the first HBO shows where Martin Tupper, every time he referenced something, it was back to the TV shows of his childhood in the you know, 50s and 60s. And my life is, if you say something, I've got a, I've got a movie reference for it going in my head. What mm-hmm. you just talked about was the whispering campaign from the Muppets Take Manhattan, where Kermit the Frog is trying to get his Broadway show out there. So they all go underneath the tables of this restaurant and start talking about Manhattan melodies. It's the same shit. You get people to say it. Are we going to say this movie was that popular that nobody knew was going to get released? Or is it possible that everybody started talking, everybody planted, started talking about it online so that like when we were younger and the new club opened up down the street, they paid people. Oh, this is the best spot in town. You got to go here and you got to check this out. The women are hot. The drinks are better. Blah, blah, blah. How do we just not know that it wasn't a giant again? And I'm, I'm an I'm a fucking asshole for saying this to discredit this. But it just comes out of nowhere with no publicity, smokes everything. Or did they just not hype it up to make everybody feel a part of something as a mass distraction? Because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you can't solve this problem. At the end of the day, they put it so far out of your reach. There was no call to action as far as I was told uh, at the end of the movie. No names were named, so you can't go outside of Senator so-and-so's home and pick it there. You can't go to the White House and demand any accountability. So what they left you was the stripper came, she danced for you, she said you, she loved you, she left, and you're the dumb fuck still waiting for her to come back. You bring up an interesting point. Folks in the audience right now, I need, I need to get some feedback from you. Apparently, there have been a lot of people that are watching right now that have seen Sound of Freedom. I have a question for the audience. Were any actual names named in this? Did they actually name any names, or was this all um, just hypotheticals or you know characters, portrayals, fictional uh, portrayals of supposed nonfiction events? Did, it, did Were any names named? Chad, can you, can you give me that? And here's the other thing. Like, I don't think there would be because if there are, there's going to be massive lawsuits. You can't sit there and say this guy, this guy, this guy without the proof. Yeah, Elsa Sniper already said there's no names. Well, Mel Gibson Gibson's supposed to be releasing some billion-dollar uh, child trafficking documentary. And again, right. I hate to disappoint people. He's not going to name names. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, he's again, he's going to go in talking about how bad the industry is, and then that's it. Okay. It, it, it's just going to be a disappointment again. That's why I feel it's like there's, yeah. oh boy, here's where we get really slippery here. If you're wanting to bring awareness, that's one thing. But if you're actually trying to do these documentaries or this independent journalism to actually expose these people and then present the facts that we've seen in the past, such as like Fahrenheit 9-11, I know people do not like referencing Michael Moore. Michael Moore's a piece of shit, things like that. But he did come with a lot of receipts on a few of these things. We also have seen independent journalism bust things, bust, bust cases wide open that are actually reporting the facts. They're showing the receipts, showing all this stuff. We've seen Veritas do great jobs on this. That's like actionable journalism that is influencing a lot of change. It's influencing a lot of policy decisions. So when somebody, like you said, Mel Gibson wants to come out with a sex trafficking thing, unless you are giving me names, unless you are pointing, saying this, you're essentially just putting it out there in the ether and say, draw your own conclusions, which accomplishes literally nothing. Even if it does, what are people going to do about it? Because we've seen Veritas, I hope I'm not mistaken, I think I've seen Veritas talk about like uh, uh, selling body parts from Planned Parenthood. Yeah, yeah. What did anybody do about it? Well, I mean, that could have contributed to the fact that a lot of Planned Parenthoods have been shut down now due to the the outlawing of abortion in many states. But I don't know if you can really link those two together. I mean, if you were trying to defend that position, that's the stance I would take. Could I prove it? Not really. But it would be very hard to disprove, too. And that's why I think a lot of the gray area 
that's what people are using to formulate a lot of their arguments to where you can't really counter it, yet you also can't prove it. But the the mass opinion is probably going to be against you. And it's a very tricky position to put yourself into. That's why it's like a lot of a lot of these things are like, you know, if you and I speak up, it's like, hey, guys, look. And, you know, the conversation you and I are having is not inherently to criticize in a sense of trying to belittle, take away from, but in a sense, in fact, the opposite, to awaken the audiences, to start asking the right questions and demand proof, demand names, demand transparency, as we do with the government, as we do with anyone with a massive voice that comes to us saying, this is this, this is this, like, okay, well, I need to see the proof. I cannot go based solely upon emotion. I have to see, well, there, I, I can't find any proof. Well, then what do you expect me to do? Blindly believe? So what makes you any different than the left or the right? It doesn't. So when you and I have this critical style thinking, we become the enemy of the people. But in a sense, it's like we're actually trying to protect the people from being bamboozled. I don't know where they're I, I think my initial irritation was the influencers. Yeah. It, oh, how, this is how I stay relevant. Go yes. down to freedom yes. and yes. go to what are your book sales fucking down? Yeah. You didn't sell T-shirts this month. People, so I, you're right. I think a lot, I haven't posted about it. I don't want to, I'm not going to go see the movie and it's not because I don't believe it. I just can't watch shit like that. I don't like watching military movies. Not because I have flashbacks. It's, like I, I just, it's just an uncomfortable thing for me. I, I don't enjoy that. You know, I, I agree with what you said before at the beginning of the interview of, I go to see something that's going to make me feel good. Or, and you know, like Schindler's List. Yeah, that's one of those movies that you kind of have to watch just because it's like, it's a great movie. It does bring about a serious realization of the Holocaust, same as Jim Caviezel's Passion of the Christ. You know, we can read the biblical quotes, we can read the scripture, we can talk about what Christ went through, but until you actually see a man portrayed and you see what those whips do to that back and expose the bone of the ribs, it definitely brings about a serious realization. And I think, you know, got a lot of people to kind of recommit their lives to Christ, which is nothing wrong with that. And the same thing could be said for this movie too, and I'm not knocking that but i just feel like when you're going to come out with such a massive movement then let's use this movement let's channel this energy let's channel this money into action that translates ultimately into the saving of children's lives and I, that's the thing that i question like is that being done and i've already pulled up an article here it talks about um the uh this a lot of this was crowdfunded uh, the angel crowdfunded five million for PA expenses on the sound of freedom part and the policy is awarding their donors with up to 120 percent return on their investment which there's your motivation right there so it does beg the question where's this money going so money for people don't make movies not for money they have to yeah absolutely i mean you look at the avengers everything is like millions upon millions upon millions of dollars we're back in the day like you see so much CGI. Well, it's, it's a whole different point entirely, but I get where you're going with that. So it def, my, my biggest thing is like, okay, well, we have this movie. Where's this money going? Well, apparently it's going back to the angel investors, which I'm not against. But ultimately, we put the sound of freedom out there. We say there's a lot of human trafficking. Folks, you know, I'm just going to ask you straight up. Did you think this wasn't going on? <laughs> we, all, we all knew. We all knew. Everybody knows this. That's the problem. I, The people who are like, wait, now... Now you're talking about child sex trafficking. It's the same thing as if uh what well, you're how old were you in 85? One. Okay. It's the same thing as if you moved to my city tomorrow mm. and you started talking, dude, the 85 bears were the best. I'd be like, <laughs> motherfucker, what? It's like you're jumping on something that is not even remotely part of your culture because yeah. you're in the area now. Yeah. It's like, all right, this uh child sex trafficking happens all the time everywhere does this mean you know you want to really 
really start looking at it, go look at the fact that 77% of all rape victims who are children are raped by family members. Yeah. So it doesn't need to be somewhere else. It's in front of your whole fucking face. I, you know, I think another part that people don't want to acknowledge or even think about is it pertains to the fact of there's actually nothing you can do unless you physically are putting the gear on and going out there and willfully hunting these motherfuckers. And people don't like hearing that because therefore it means that good cannot always prevail just for the sake of being good. It does take action by good. It takes violence by good people to prevent bad people from committing those atrocities. So to sit there and say that I support this movie, I'm doing my part, is in fact quite a lie. And it pacifies people into the, or it lulls them into this idea of we can do the minimal, if not anything, and then try and reap the glory in our own minds of saying, well, I've done my part. We saw this with COVID. Do your part. Stay home. Flatten the curve. Do your part. How many of the sheep bought into that and were lied to and they believed it as gospel and they were lulled back into being pacified through, you know, the streaming services jumped on this. We saw the Tiger King make its extravagant premiere and got so many viewers. Um, we saw the movie Extraction with the... Uh, uh, yeah. Hemsworth, Chris, or, uh, what's his name? Yep. Chris Hemsworth, yeah. Chris Hemsworth. It, 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 it blew the box offices away. It did more in streaming because everybody was forced to stay home. So these services took advantage of this. And why wouldn't they? That's capitalism. And that's what I see a lot of things happening now. We see, um, just to put it frankly, two months, no one's going to be talking about this. Oh. It'll, it'll, it'll be a, the new thing comes around. Because before, it, I mean, I've forgotten how many things we've had to change our profile pictures for. I don't do that shit. I, I refuse to. I think it's stupid. I don't even do it for veteran suicide. I think it's ridiculous. And so in two months, maybe less than that, this will just be gone by. And the newest trend thing will be there. And people are going to capitalize off it. They're going to make as much money as they can. Um, and that's the thing that concerns me. We are very easily distracted, like the squirrel thing. Like, squirrel, the next thing comes along. We all want to jump on the bad wagon. And ultimately... It's the victims that suffer the most, and nobody really seems to give a shit about that. That's that, that's it. Does your like or does your hashtag or does your advocacy help the little boy or girl who is being raped for the 10th time in some fucking dirty dungeon, uh, chained to a bed, or even in the priest's chambers in all of yeah. its marble glory? It doesn't help, right? And that kid, while it's getting sodomized by some fucking pervert, doesn't give a shit about your like or I'm helping. So for me personally, that's why I don't I don't pay attention to this stuff. I'm not burying my head in the sand right. because I'm aware of it, but it will eat me alive if I pay attention to this shit. And then You know, I gotta stop you real quick, Dom. You make a really good point here. Um when when people <laughs> it's it's just really so simplistic if you think about it. When they say, well, it spreads awareness. My question is instantly is like, you weren't aware that sex trafficking was real? Were you not aware? That's the question I'll ask anybody. Did you not know that sex trafficking was a real thing? So now you have to have a Jim Caviezel movie to make you aware of this? That that's the question that I have. And these and you know, people don't want to have these conversations because if you do, you're just a bad human being. Because then my next question is, well, okay, so then you knew it existed. Did you care about it then? No, it took a movie to get you to care, which again, not necessarily a bad thing. But my second, my, my final question is going to be, so what level of care are you going to show? What are you going to do about this? Oh, I'll accuse this now, right? Every one of you nosy Nancys out there who uh, is at a restaurant and you watch some mother or father discipline their kid. And then you, because a kid is acting up at a restaurant, you, you decide to call 911. Guess what? You're a child sex trafficker. 
Because what happens then is now you put that kid in the system by police generating a report, Child Protective Services comes up, they have to do an investigation, and they could, oh, here's another one we can just pluck right out and put in a home for two weeks while we do our investigation. So you're enabling child sex trafficking when you decide to butt your nose where it doesn't belong. Interesting point. So the system itself, you're talking about that you do have a percentage of being raped while in custody at the hands of the state or government? Oh, God. 100%. Really? 100%. I, didn't, I didn't know that. 100%. Child Protective Services, uh, it's just like we saw COVID, right? They proved it. Uh, that, what was it, for both ventilation and uh, admittance to the hospitals, the through the insurance companies were paying a certain amount of dollars to the, um, the hospitals, right? So it was their incentive, 35000 per person, let's put John Doe on a ventilator. Right. Yeah. So again, the state comes around, hey, $3,500 per kid in the system, and the how are you going to justify your job? If you're going to work, you got to punch numbers. Yeah. So it's like it's just like with law enforcement. Anybody who says there's no quotas, bullshit. There are quotas. They're called performance evaluations. If I don't mm -hmm. do my job, what do they need me for? So they're gonna find a way to edge me out. Same thing with that. Is you can't put kids in the system. You think about it. Think about this for a second. Here's Dominic Izzo works for DCFS, and all of a sudden I get an award for putting a thousand kids in the system. Right? Mm -hmm. They're gonna look at it as I've saved a thousand lives from horrific circumstances right. or like just generate DCFS more money and put a thousand more kids in the system who could be abused. Right. It's a, yeah. I never thought about that way. All you spend it. I would say that there's something to be said as far as, um, say for example, we talk about spreading awareness. I think there is one positive aspect this, to this is in a sense of spreading awareness of the indicators of what to look for. What to look for. We talk about, like, say, for example, school, school shootings or red flags that could be indicative of somebody that's about to perform a shooting. What you look for, the hands, the eyes, or actually, excuse me, it's the hands, the waistline, things such as that, to where you can actually see protruding objects, what they're actually intent is to do. The same thing could be applied towards, say, for example, the human trafficking thing. So hopefully, I mean, and again, well, let's poll the audience. Does, does the Sound of Freedom do that? Does it give you any of the indicators? Like, does it actually point out, it's like, these are the things we're looking for? Audience, does it do that? Does it do that? I hope it does. I really hope it does. Well, what are the indicators? Because I don't, I don't know. What does a pervert look like? I, I get. I was born in '75. My mother wouldn't let me talk to fucking anybody yeah. until I was a teen, right? So it's like I love these people who are like, oh, it's spreading awareness so that parents know. Are you kidding me? If you don't know to keep eyes on your child 24/7, and I don't mm -hmm. care if that's Mike, it's uh, hell. What they they insulted it. They called them helicopter parents, right? So all of a sudden you can't do that. So you got to back off. Your kid yeah. does whatever, winds, finds itself in a panel van somewhere with duct tape on its mouth. Oh, it's, it's your fault to begin with. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, I've seen a couple of comments in the chat. They're saying, no, it's, it's mostly a biography. It says, nope, go to the website. Um, and you're right there. I, I feel like there's a lot of these parents and, and, you know, you can make this general distinction about parents in general. It's like, oh, if you don't know any better, well, at the same token, those parents might not have had good parents to serve as good examples for them. So, yeah, maybe it is a good thing that we do educate parents more so. And like, look, these are the signs of what to look for as far as like stranger danger. And I know it's kind of like, well, that's common sense. Not necessarily because a lot of people have had upbringings that are very, I was a latchkey kid. My mom raised myself and my brother by herself. So we had a different set of rules. Like you never approach a stranger's car. You don't open that door for anybody. Don't care if they even send that you're I'm your mom's friend. It doesn't matter. My mom had us paranoid. But at the same token, we never got kidnapped. Am I saying that's the reason behind it? Well, it certainly lessened those percentages of us actually getting kidnapped. In this day and age, fuck, dude, it's everywhere. Well, it's everywhere. We saw a great test with COVID, didn't we? How Good many Lord. people harumped and said, I'm not going to get the vaccine, who when it came down to losing their paycheck, they did? Mm -hmm. well, what a great way 
to microchip your children by putting the fear of God into you, they could be child sex trafficked. I'm from the government. I'm here to help. Let's yeah. Yeah. I, I do see the points on that stuff that, you know, it's, it's interesting the, the way they position that to where it's like either you do this and yeah, Oh my God, I'm going to say something really controversial here, but I don't care. People say I was forced to take the vaccine. No, you weren't. Yeah. You weren't forced. You were given an ultimatum. That ultimatum in and of itself was not fair. It was not right. I don't agree with that. And the reason I say you were not forced is because what that means is those that actually did not bend the knee and they sacrificed their careers, they sacrificed their well-being, and they chose the hard right over the easy wrong, you saying you were forced discredits their action and the sacrifices they made to stand up for what they believe. So no, you were not forced. You were put in a very crappy situation. Do not get me wrong. I am not trying. And here's the thing. I don't blame people that succumbed to it and said, look, I've got it. And it's also kind of in a way, if you think about it, that you were willing to put your own health out there to ensure that your family was taken care of. I'm not knocking you. I'm not. I'm not blaming you. If you wanted to get the vaccine, get the vaccine. That's fine. I don't believe it should be forced, but I'm not going to sit here and say you were forced. No, you were not. You were given an option. You were not held down. You did not have that thing jabbed in your arm. You had a choice to walk away. Well, John, the option was to starve. I know. I know. This is not any kind of positive outcome in any of the any of these situations, but that's still being said. You weren't forced. And those that chose to go through the sacrifice and endure the beatings they took to not take that vaccine, I will not discredit them. I will not discredit that sacrifice by saying they were forced. No, they weren't. Nobody was forced. No, I did suck, and I felt bad but because there were parents. I'm not a parent. No. I'm married. I didn't have kids looking at me going, shit, what's going to happen to my paycheck? But at the same point in time, too, I have to wonder. I'm kind of glad because that kind of pressure would have put me in a position of, oh, shit, well, you know, let's just say the Antichrist does come tomorrow, and it's going to have to take the mark. Are you going to do it? Nope. Oh, so it's something yeah. for people kind of reflecting on. And you know, and I feel people, you know, they they seem they seem to think that uh, I, I don't know where this comes from. Quite honestly, they seem to think that making the right choice just by it inherently being right, therefore exempts them from the repercussions of taking that hard right. The 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 noble part about this is the after effects and the suffrage of what you're gonna go through in order to stand for what's right. And when we expect to make such a difficult decision and there be no negative consequences, therefore you're not really doing it for the sacrifice anymore. You're doing it simply because you think it's just gonna be an easier path or you think that just being right in and of itself is its own reward. There's gonna come suffrage that comes with it. And when we try it again, think about it, we, we talk about Christianity, think about Christ. Garden of Gethsemane, he wept tears of blood and said, if this be your will, let this cup pass from me. Christ knew what he was about to go through. He could say, I will sacrifice myself for the betterment of humankind to, to be the sacrificial lamb. Because in Mosaic law, it was every year they'd have to do a burnt offering, according to Judeo's law, saying that burnt offering pushes your sins back the next year. Christ comes on the scene and says, I am now the sacrificial lamb. If you believe on me, you believe in the father. I am the representation of that lamb. And when people say that Christ was born in Christmas, no, he wasn't. He was born in the spring where the lambs come forth. The symbology behind so much of this is lost in the scripture and the perversion of mankind's interpretation. But when you look at this and Christ himself said, if it be, if it not be your will, let this cup pass me. It's like even the son of God, the deity flesh of God himself was, he was, he was, he was nervous. And it showed the beauty of the humanity of a man that stood there because God left him. God left Christ and said, you're going to endure this. 
as a human, oh, I get, I get, tear, I get, I tear up here. Isn't it amazing? About, God, it's I beautiful. Love you more, I love you more than you know right now, because I, I know what you do is when you speak on a subject, it's because you have spent hours studying it, mm. and we, it blows me away. The people don't understand that what he went through was. Uh, physical in some point, right? Yeah. Because he was sweating the blood, was broken capillaries from an amount of stress that he could not yeah. uh, go through. They, people talk about the, the the crucifixion nonstop, and if you ever want to read, uh, which I'm sure you have, The Case for Christ, which was done by Lee Strobel, uh, who was a member of Willow Creek Church, which is about uh, a five-minute walk from my house. Uh, he was an atheist. He, he was doing research on the validity of Christ, all of a sudden converted and became a Christian. He, he details how ruthless crucifixion is from yeah. nail going through the, the, the wrists and crushing the nerves and then the feet and every breath he had to take, he winds up just, uh, uh, uh scraping his back up the, the tree and all this. And now hence the, that's the word the Latin word excruciating comes from. But what you just talked about is the biggest fucking thing that no one ever talks about in Christianity. That is the sacrifice, mm. the separation. He People didn't face that as God. He faced that as a man. As um, you so you have the living God Himself, who becomes sin, the I mean, the to take every sin in the history of the world, yep. which we can't handle our own. He took billions and billions and billions it's of beautiful. people, and then the Father turns His back on Him. Can't comprehend that. So the fact that you know that, man, I want to just fucking hug you. <laughs> I, but you know, it goes back to the original point though of when we choose this hard right you are going to have to suffer. And I feel like when people don't want to do that, well, then why are you making that decision? I feel like you're making that decision under false pretense or false expectations, if you will. So to, to circle this back to the main point of this conversation, you know, when we talk about this movie, when we talk about the awareness that it's bringing, what are we seeing being done? What, what are we see being actioned here? And I think, and, and so asking these questions will get you pinned a conspiracy theorist, it'll get you pinned as just a negative Nancy, when in reality at the crux, at the, at the bottom line of this, the whole reasoning for questioning is saying, because I actually want to see something come from this that helps save a child, not us just grandstand. Like The other thing is kind of like how people are worshiping Jim Caviezel over this. And I do like the fact that Jim has done a few interviews I've watched. He says, this isn't about me. I respect that. I'm glad he's not grandstanding on this to try and revive his career. And I hope that's not the reason for this. I'm not accusing him of that, but I'm glad to see people say, this isn't me. It should go down to them. I'm not sure what Tim Ballard's doing on this. I've, I've seen some questionable things on this guy, but yet he without, you know, without sin, Casper, I get it. But when you're in that position, you better be, you better be clean. You better be clean on the fact that you've never been involved in any kind of corruption, yada, 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 because... I don't know. I'm not accusing him of that. That's not what I'm saying no, here. I'm just saying that. And if he has been, because you know what? What It's like politicians. And here's why. I want to see a politician come out and admit their dirt. I would have so much respect for that shit. If he mm -hmm. was, if and maybe someday somebody will take accountability for that. But if he is, and people are starting to cap, oh, look, he's wearing a Freemason tie. Oh, look, he's actually Paul Walker. I mean, there's something <laughs> going on in this guy. Oh, he's apparently he's using the same lawyers that defended some Mormons who were involved in the church. Sex. I don't fucking care. Well, he can come along and say, yeah, I was a scumbag for a long time, but I'm trying to do something right about it. Yeah. And I'm like, you got my support. The problem, again, is just like you is where we're left at is when you say, just discern, just think. When the question is posed back on us, is, well, John, what is your plan to do something about it? Nothing. 
I don't have a plan because I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I do. I'm not going to sit there and sit for some kind of fake altruism. No, I'm not because it doesn't directly affect me. And you could sit there and say, well, you're a piece of shit. My question is, well, then what are you doing about it? That's the problem. You're not allowed to have an opinion without having a plan for it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Dominic, I appreciate coming on the show today. We're at an hour and seven minutes. I got to go and I got a sick girlfriend at home. I gave her COVID. Hey, before you go, wait a second. Yeah. For all you guys out there who listen to John's show every day of the week, let me tell you something. Holy shit. John sent me his products from shellshockcbd.com. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this flat out. Here's my testimony for this. Haven't tried the THC yet. I promise him that when I will, I'll videotape. Because what I'm are you never- waiting on? Dude, I'm scared of shit. What? Um, Come so on. This is what I did. The roll-on, roll-out. Anybody who is an athlete or I don't even know if you are in any type of body pain, my shoulder pain is gone. I sleep great because of it. I put it on my lower back and my shoulders. Roll on, roll out. He didn't pay me for this shit. I'll tell you flat out. It's fucking amazing. The CBD gummies. Listen to me very carefully. They are 25 milligrams per, per, per thing. I researched. I'm 235 pounds. I'm a thicker dude. I do three CBD gummy, 75 milligrams before I go to bed. I have, and this is going to sound so stupid, the best dreams on the planet. Oh. They, I wake up feeling good. So whatever it is, I, if you have not tried his products yet, uh, I haven't tried the lube yet. I got to get a lady for that one. But if you guys have not, sports, guy, John, go to shellshockcbd.com or you're just a piece of shit. <laughs> Appreciate you, Dominic. Now tell everybody where they can find you at. Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern, rantsofizzo.com, R-A-N-T-S-O-F-I-Z-Z-O, rantsofizzo.com. We do a live uh, stream of consciousness thought. We show, we talk about everything from politics to porn. And I'm embarrassed because you've had me on several times. I've never had you on once, so we need to change that. Say when, brother. I'm always here. You know where to find me, man. No rush. I know how it is, dude. I know how it is. Yeah, way. No, that's that's disrespect on my part for you. Sorry. No, no, no. I don't take it that way. I know you're busy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you know where you can find him. Dominic Izzo over on Instagram. you got your own podcast over on the Freedom Hub app. You should go check them out there. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for all that you've done. And again, make sure you go check out shellshockcbd.com and follow the show. Folks, you know the drill. Help us recruit and grow the Savage Army. Lost Savages. Share the show. Man, I got a lot of tags on Instagram. Thank you so much. That does so much to help us grow. We're seeing the podcast numbers grow. We want to get free thinking out there, free critical thinking to have conversations like this, to wake people the hell up and to get out of their shells and start questioning some things, not for the sake to try and discredit them, but to have a better understanding, which ultimately leads into actionable things that help change people's lives. Without you, we're nothing. As always, you stay savage, America.